Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. Here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. Hour number one is in the books. I am broadcasting today and tomorrow from the Oregon Convention Center. Worlds of Sport is taking shape before my eyes. What was 90,000 square feet of empty space in the beautiful Oregon Convention Center is now starting to fill up. The goalposts have gone up. The pickleball court, it's up. The Blazers basketball court, I can see it. I'm looking at it right now. You could go shoot baskets on it right now. Toyota is putting up uh, their their tent right now, right smack in the middle of the event. Apparently, you're going to be able to shoot baskets into the back of a pickup truck as part of the Toyota demonstration. The stage is being set up right now, stage company, like a pit crew over here. I am broadcasting right beside Terry Baker's 1962 Heisman Trophy. If you want to come by here and get a photo with it over the weekend, you can. Worlds of Sport will be going on Saturday and Sunday. Celebrate sports, celebrate our region, positive event, family-friendly event. Also, by the way, it's Father's Day weekend, and we all know sports is glue. You don't know what to get your dad? Tell you, pick your dad up. Tell your dad, look, we're going down. We're going to celebrate sports. I'm going to take you somewhere special and walk this Oregon Convention Center with your dad. My dad will be in the building as well. He's going to be one of the vendors here. He's work. He's over there in the memorabilia area. Got all his baseball gloves and his gear set up. I am being joined here this hour at the top of the hour by Brian Capel. He is the creative director for Worlds of Sport. He's also the creative genius behind the college football playoff fan fest and the VIP parties. And what I'm saying is the guy sees an empty building and he sees opportunity. He doesn't see an empty building. Brian Capel joining us. How, how, what is this like for you? I have to know because I'm blown away by this. This is a proud papa moment. This is the, the, the culmination of, what, two years of, of bouncing an idea around and being like, you know, I think we can pull this off. I think this could be something special. And so it's like whenever you hit this moment that everything starts coming together, it's like, all right, yeah, this is looking good. How much sleep are you getting? Little. Little to none. I mean, it's like you have those things that you kind of forget about and you put in the dark recesses of your mind that all of a sudden at 3 o'clock in the morning you sit up in bed and go, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot that. So. Yeah, yeah. One of those things I'm told was this wood carving of a couple of soccer players. It is a European soccer player. I, I, I think it's uh, – I don't know the club because it's it's got its back to me, and and then a Timbers player who's got the soccer ball at his feet, and that thing has to weigh. How, how much does that thing weigh? It's not it's not light. It's not balsa wood. It, it's it's some good local wood there. I'd say it's probably a good 400 pounds or so. You you were moving that thing around like it was nothing. Yeah, well, it was six o'clock this morning. It was it, that that was my my wake up this morning was realizing that that the storage facility we had it in. It was a new one, and we uh, we put it in there before they had built the uh, the security door. Oh! So trying to figure out how to get that out of there, yeah, was like the classic college couch move, where you're just like, okay, if we stand on our heads and put it through the door, it could work. So yeah, it was 
it was something. And it was Sam's coffee, so it's amazing that everybody kept, you know, kept their fingers and we got it out of there in one piece. Well, so. it looks fantastic. I think people are going to be blown away if they see it. And I think that's part of it, too. Jack Elder and the, uh, the people from the Oregon Sports Hall of Fame have brought several items here to the Oregon Convention Center. And this, this is another thing I want to talk about because the Hall of Fame doesn't have a home. Nope. It's in storage. We never get to see this stuff. Terry Baker's Heisman Trophy is here. Yep. Bill Walton, seven-foot statue of Walton that was part of the Hall of Fame display is here. It's already up. It's over by the Blazers uh, area in their basketball court. you got the Timbers thing. People are going to have a chance to come here and see the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, it, it was one of those kind of great opportunities that we looked at, and it was just like there's so many wonderful assets that are kind of out there that it's like why not bring those all into one spot where people can get their photo taken with. I mean, you know, how, how many times are you going to be able to stand close to a Heisman Trophy? And so to have it from an Oregon State player, it, you know, it's just it made sense that it's here. And, and so I think that's the thing for this, the whole kind of thread that we ran through the, everything here is, is let's give everything a platform. Let's, get, let's give the things that normally wouldn't have a platform a platform kind of all together. So from the, the fringe sports like the pickleballs or the ultimate frisbees or, you know, anything else in between to the, the sports cards to the, the main stage and, and just all these kinds of pieces and parts, we wanted to have a platform where people could come and see it all under one roof. The, the fact, I mentioned this off the top of the show, but the fact that the Blazers, Timbers, Thorns, Winterhawks, Oregon, Oregon State, you know, the Hops, uh, you know, everybody's here. I've never seen everybody in one place. Well, I think that's the thing is – that, that, that was kind of almost like the lightning rod on this, is, is let's not just do another fan fest. Let's not do one that, that's predicated by one team, one sport. You know, you come in, you do your papa shot, you get your, you, know, you listen to the ex-Blazers, and you're out the door in 20 minutes. Not to bash the, the, the Blazers fan fest or anything like that, but that's how most fan fests are. It's, it's a kind of a one-note thing. So to kind of take it and consolidate it all into one area where you can come out and kind of check out everything all under one roof, it, it, it came, it, that kind of, like I said, that became the lightning rod for this whole event. You and I walked into this convention center, you know, it was more than a year ago, I yeah. think, when we first walked in here to kind of look at the space. I saw an empty room. I don't have your brain when it comes to, like, the vision and the design of things. You have chosen this very unusual design. It almost, to me, like, I, if I'm looking at it from my vantage point where I'm sitting now, I'm sitting in center field. Yep. And I'm looking back towards the infield and home plate. It looks like it's a baseball stadium, and in it, but it's 90,000 square feet baseball stadium. So how do you put together the flow of the room when you're talking about something like this? So it's interesting because when you think about flow, you think about what people are going to see when they walk in the door to kind of you know, first interact with the space. And there has to be something that kind of draws you to every single corner. Like you don't want to walk in and basically see it all in one, because you're not going to walk through it all. So if you see everything first when you walk in the door, you're not going to have a little interest going on over here and a little interest going on over there. And so it's, it's being able to kind of tuck those moments kind of throughout the entire space so that you're really encouraging people to come in and just wander. Just take it all in. Just walk from one end to the other and just, you know, go and see the sports cards. And, and even if you're not a collector, that's the great thing about, you know, the guys who are going to be here is, that, you know, they're going to cater to the, the collectors, the sports cards guys. And, you know, they're going to have amazing cards here. But then there's going to be stuff for the kids, too, the ones that want to just get started. And you said it was Father's Day weekend, and I think that was a big draw, too, because it's like that, that handing down from fathers to sons and fathers to daughters of, of hey, you know, let's, let's crack a pack of cards and check it out. So I think that, that, you know, having those moments that it's like, oh, well, there's, this is going to, you know, grab my attention over here, but at the same time we can go over to this side and see something totally different, and then we can go 
he'll kick a field goal, you know, and dad can pull his hamstring, and then we've got an EMT for that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect weekend, really. Diane Hogue was a, a school teacher. Education was important to her. The Fred and Diane Hogue Community Zone is going to be, I think, near and dear to me because you're going to have the Camp Exceptional Obstacle Course. And for people who, longtime listeners are going to know, Camp Exceptional is the Bald Face Truth Foundation's summer camp for special needs kids and typical kids. Um, but I think this is the kind of event, BK, where you're going to come into the room and your kids are going to, I think, go and be drawn to a variety of activations and I think it's going to be like families. I really do think families are going to enjoy this thing. Yeah, I think I think families it definitely was a target. And, I, and again, you know, we wanted everything to have that platform, you know, to be able to tell these really important stories. But it, it's funny how that connective tissue runs to sport and how we can kind of, it makes it almost a little bit more relatable across the board when you can have something. And, and yeah, it's an obstacle course, but it's a great message behind it. And it's a great charity behind it. And I think, again, you know, we kind of come in a circle right back to the idea of giving these things a platform and being able to kind of put them up on the pedestal and say, hey, you know what? Look at this. This is a great opportunity as a community build to really kind of showcase, you know, the great things that are going on in our city. Brian Capel is the creative director of Worlds of Sport. You can go to worldsofsport.com if you are interested in uh, tickets or seeing information about the event. 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday right here at the Oregon Convention Center, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, Brian, let me ask you this. Uh, when it comes to the CFP, college football playoff, what have you been involved with? And, you know, I guess when you were a kid, did you say, hey, I want to grow up and I want to do events and design spaces? And, like, tell us what you're doing, first of all. Well, so, I mean, going back to when I was a kid, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I thought I was going to be the starting right fielder for the Yankees, you know, so, and that didn't pan out. Is that Dave Winfield era Yankees? Oh, my God, yeah. yes. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Phil Rizzuto and Bill White were like the, the songbirds of my soul, you know, growing up in New York. It was fantastic. But, you know, I've always had the propensity for tinkering, and I think that's probably what I'm, I'm probably a professional tinker. I mean, I think that's probably the best way to kind of describe what I do. And I've been fortunate enough to work for these great companies that I can kind of use a multifaceted approach to kind of creative, you know, solution solving and, and or, you know, coming up with, with great solutions to, to great problems. And so, you know, college football playoff is a, is a great one because it, it started years ago with the very first college football playoff and kind of doing the fan fest and kind of figuring out what that looks like. And again, you know, similar to this, it's kind of like, how do you make it so that it's more than just an experience, you know? And I think that that's what the the years working at Nike kind of helped me realize is that when you kind of have these branded moments that you can run through the lens of this can only be brought to you by this, you know, that's what you want to hit. And, and that's what we try to do every year with college football playoff, especially with like the, the you know, pregame parties, hospitality suites and everything like that is like, this is such a, an important moment, not only for the players and fans and everything else that's going on, but the, you know, it's, it's an important moment in sport. And so it's like, how do you take that and kind of just ramp it right up to 11 and make it something that's just like, wow, I remember what they did last year. I can't wait to see what they do next year. You're a collector of sports memorabilia. Give us an idea of what we're going to see on that end of the building. And for radio listeners, I'm well aware that you cannot see that end of the building. But uh, I'm basically looking into what would be right field in the uh, in the baseball outfield that we've got going here as part of this uh, venue. Yeah, you go down the line, it's, it's going to be great. And I think that that's... You know, it's interesting just in that kind of sports card memorabilia scene how that's kind of ticked up again to beyond, I think, a scale that anybody thought that it would get to uh, in the last couple of years. And so you're going to see this great diversity of 
old vintage cards and a, a couple vendors actually coming in from Midwest East Coast. And then you're going to see newer cards, and then you're going to see there's a couple people doing card art, which is fantastic, which is kind of a new and emerging thing. There's, there's three guys that are going to be showing their card art, and then actually I think a fourth as well. You know, PWCC is going to be there, and they're kind of, you know, one of those household names when it comes to the, the auction houses online. And so they're going to be talking about their vault, which is a great system. And if you're in the, the sports card world, you know, they're going to be raffling off, a, I think it's like a $500 card or something like that, that you can enter at their booth to, to get it into Damian Lillard card. So, I mean, it's it's that's the, the, the really exciting thing for me is just kind of hearing what all of these sponsors are going to be not just doing but handing out and raffling off. I mean, it's bring a bag folks or, or get a bag when you get here because there's going to be all kinds of good stuff that's going to be going out and then we're going to have a huge raffle that's going to happen twice a day where a lot of the sponsors have thrown in things like the blazers threw in a an autographed basketball we've got tickets to hops games we've got tickets to thorns and timbers games we've got uh portland diamond project has like a gift basket or two so i mean that's going to be amazing and then at the end of the day like the creme de la creme is going to be the uh, the box breaks that we're going to do which is just like you know if if you are a collector and you know about box breaks, you know that, that sometimes getting into a paid box break can cost you an arm and a leg. This is literally you pay for a ticket to come in the door and you're entered into the box break. You basically sit in one of 100 seats in front of the stage, and we're going to take the, the boxes that are on our Instagram, we're going to break them, and whoever is in the certain seat that gets called, you win the card. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Brian Capel with us, creative director, Worlds of Sport. All right, um... I know you have a lot to do here. Uh, you're pretty much going to be spending the night here overnight. It's really starting to take shape. Like, I can see the event. What will happen in the next 24 hours here? Ne next 24 hours, we're going to get everything kind of buttoned up, and then a lot of the, the smaller sponsors are going to come in and kind of set their areas, and then we're going to be show ready. I mean, we're going to be ready to roll come, like, 9 a.m. before the door, you know, an hour before the doors open. We're going to be ready to roll in here, and it's just going to be energy. I mean, we're, I'm going to go around to each individual activation, and get everybody pumped up because I want this place to just sound like it is just alive. And DJ, there'll be a you, you're yeah. in, you wait you're bringing a DJ in from Miami. From Miami, yep. DJ Sabotage is going to be spinning in between the uh, the panel talks and stuff like that. So we're going to have. I don't know that I can say DJ Sabotage and sound as cool as you just did. <laughs> He's a good guy. I mean, trust me, when you meet him, yeah. you'll be able to drop it, and you'll be like, all right, yeah. Me and the DJ are going to become friends. You, um, you and DJ Sabo yeah. are going to be on it, yeah. <laughs> he's he's solid dude. We couldn't find a DJ here? Like, we had to go to Miami for a DJ? And you know what? So here's the thing is that, again, I travel around a lot, and there, there's, there's like, you, you got to call in a couple favors, especially when you have, like, a first-year, yeah. first-of-its-kind event, right, where it's not, like, something that you could be like, oh, we're going to do Comic-Con, and everybody is like, I know what Comic-Con is. You know, when you're like, oh, we're going to do Worlds of Sport. You've never heard of it. It's never happened. You know, you got to call in some yeah. favors on some things. I noticed that because when I started talking about it and telling people about it, they they um, they were wrestling with the concept. Yep. And I think I settled on just saying, like, Dr. James Beckett, who I had a conversation with about this event, he says, it's like Disneyland for a sports fan. Yep. I was like, that's it. Yeah. Because you would never, like, if you never knew what Disneyland was, you would never be able to, yeah. you know. And I think that's the thing is I, I think that, that, you know, you and I have talked about it a ton. You know, so we know what it is. We get it. But, yeah, that, that kind of quick glean of, of looking at it and going, yeah, what is this? I don't understand what's going on there. You know, and, and literally saying to people, well, it's a little bit of everything. And it's like, well, that's not really going to no. help, you know, push it across the end zone. So it, it's, it is. It, it's a little bit of an uphill slog because you're like, you know, this is something totally new. We're, we're doing something. 
in an equation of things that have been done before, but it's never been done in sport. And I think that's that's the opportunity that we had to really kind of take it and go, okay, if we're going to do this, what are the things that we're going to do that's going to be different from everything else? You know, and what are the what are the the experiences that you can have that people you know often talk about and are just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know, I mean, it's funny. A lot of the card dealers that I talk to, they're like, yeah, you're going to be able to get a beer and walk around and look at cards. And you would think that I just like opened the gates of heaven to them because they're just like, wait, I can have a beer <laughs> and, and look at and cards. Wait till they get a load of DJ sabotage. Sabotage, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> again, you're just—I mean, the pearly gates. Here we come. I mean, it, it's just fantastic. So yeah, I think that that's the thing is is the the small but mighty team. I think that was used a couple of days ago to describe us. The small but mighty team that we've got working on this is driven by a bunch of people who understand what the end game is and i think that's what we've kind of has led us through every decision that we've made as far as how we're putting this together is to get to that point of yeah it's new it's totally different it's going to seem familiar in spots but you're going to be able to do these things that you wouldn't get anywhere else Uh, what i have loved in in just in today and being in this building is watching the reaction of the crews that are setting up as they start to see Terry Baker's Heisman Trophy, the Bill Walton statue, the Blazers basketball court going in, the goalposts. One of the security guards came over to me, and he goes, how many days is this going for? And I said, it's Saturday, Sunday. And he's like, I'm coming back because he, he's like, he goes, this is in my wheelhouse. I'm a sports fan. Yeah. So I'm telling you, when you see it, you're going to want to come back. You're going to want to come back next year, and you're going to want to tell your friends about it. And it is historic. I have never – I've been here 20 years. I have not seen the Blazers, the Ducks, the Beavers, the, you know, Portland State, UP, uh, as part of the panel discussions. I've not seen the Winterhawks, the Hops, the Timbers, and the Thorns all in one place, BK. Yep. yep. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Again, I, I think it's, it's a tip of the hat to not only the, the Portland sports scene, but the belief in the, the partners that we have that could see the vision and be like, no, we want to be a part of this. Because I think that's huge. I, I think that the, the buy-in on – hey, you know what, let's all get together after so long of being apart, find a little common ground and get really excited about things. I think that, 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 that to me is a great message right there. Brian Capel is the creative director of Worlds of Sport. Also uh, that, that other thing called the College Football Playoff. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Absolutely. No, thank you. This has been great, and I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, we finish it up tonight and then, you know, polish it off tomorrow, and then it's go time. I can't wait. We've got a four-pack of tickets, courtesy of Dutch Bros. We want to give away to a family. 503-417-7575. Who wants to come to Worlds of Sport? Worldsofsport.com if you want to get tickets yourself. But we'll go caller four at 503-417-7575. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, there's some news today in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Seattle getting a World Cup. Talk about the legacy of Paul Allen living on a little bit. Probably an underrated part of his legacy. Think about this. Uh, Seahawks Stadium, unlike a lot of NFL stadiums, 
was built in a way that it could hold a regulation soccer field. Some other stadiums cannot do that. Some of the college stadiums that we have in this state cannot do that. But Seattle is now hosting some games in the 2026 World Cup. And uh, Paul Allen was asked about this in 2000, I think it was 2002 or so, July of 2002. He did an interview with the Seattle PI at the time. He was asked about building the stadium, and he said, quote, we're excited about soccer. The facility is designed for soccer. He also saw the ability to hold concerts there and football. So, you know, if you want to uh, talk about legacy of Paul Allen, you got an opportunity here to kind of talk about the fact that, the you know, they're going to get some World Cup games in Seattle, and that would not have been possible had that stadium or the people involved with that stadium project not had the foresight to think, you know what? Let's make sure that you can you can play soccer inside this stadium. So it's I think it's a terrific opportunity for people in the Northwest. A lot of people excited about that as uh, we look at the World Cup coming to the Pacific Northwest. At least some games in the World Cup coming to the Pacific Northwest. They'll they'll host games in 2026 as part of the World Cup. Anna's popped back into the studio. We are broadcasting today from the Oregon Convention Center. Forgive the noise in the background. I think it adds some atmosphere. They are currently constructing the stage, the main stage, that will be part of this event on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Anna, you got a chance earlier in the show to hear Alex Molden talk about Tom Brady. This is something we have talked about a lot on this show. Tom Brady coming back. Um, got a little different perspective from Molden there. Yeah, and <laughs> I love the ideas that you've come up with on why you think he's come back. He just doesn't like to be home, take out the trash, babysit the kids. <laughs> yeah, well, I think about all that stuff in my regular day. Like yeah. when I was taking the trash cans out on Tuesday, Tuesday night's the trash night, I was taking them out to the curb, and I thought, you know what, I'd rather be in an NFL training camp <laughs> than, than carrying these trash cans <laughs> all the way out to the curb. Or... Or when the kids, you know, I love our kids, but there's some days you love them more than others. You know what I mean? <laughs> they are easier some days yeah. than others. But, I mean, I wonder how many of us can relate to the notion that, you know, it's just hard to step away from something that you love. Like, if you're so competitive like Tom Brady, and to watch it go on without you is actually painful, then... You know, I think a lot of people maybe are in that boat as they're talking about retirement or you see people that work, you know, well past an age at which they should be working because they just have a passion for what they do. Yeah, I think, too, you know, I'll, I'll just relate a little bit to this because, you know, I made a big leap a few months ago. I left uh, the newspaper and I decided that I was going to go rogue. I was going to go on my own. JohnConzano.com is where you can read me. There was a part of that that was a little scary. Yeah, because and it wasn't like fear, like you're on top of a bridge and you're bungee jumping fear. It was more just this is what I've done. I've done this thing for 20 years. This is it kind of becomes part of your identity. And I think in a lot of ways, just making a leap like that was good for me because I, I have thought about this. If I I was just not going to be one of those people that work somewhere 30 or 40 years. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. I've never been that person. But but there was part there's part of your identity that gets wrapped up into it. You were uh, on local TV news anchoring and reporting for for like two decades. Was that hard for you to go? You know what? I want to go do something else. Um, 
It wasn't, but I knew that I also wanted to continue using the skills that I had acquired over two decades and even the school that I had gone to to try and learn how to become a reporter. So it was hard just to set that down, and in fact, I didn't. It's why, you know, shortly after I launched that expert show um, so that I could continue uh, doing on-air stuff and interviewing people and bringing good content to the world. So I, I do relate to that aspect of it because I, I love what I do. I continue to love it, and it's, it's really kind of hard to set that aside. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, anytime you do something for a long time, I think you get, you kind of, I don't want to say you get in a rut, but you get in a routine, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to wonder on television, like local TV news, okay? Let's say you're anchoring on the weekend. House fires, accidents, mayhem. Did you ever have a hard time kind of keeping psychologically tuned in? Like, I don't know the answer to this. Like, or was that, does it take a psychological toll when you're talking about bad news all the time? I think it does. Um, I think the thing that keeps you going is that there are always good stories to tell about people. Like, that's what I'm in it for and what's not, what I'm still in it for. Like, I just find people so fascinating. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to continue interviewing people was because experts in their fields have so much knowledge about whatever it is that they have devoted their life to becoming an expert at. And I personally find that intriguing when you can interview somebody and learn so much, you know, stuff that you didn't know about whatever it is that they know. Like, I, I love to pick people's brains, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, th this has been, for people who are reading me right now at johnconzano.com, I'm getting a lot of feedback from people who go, it, it, it looks like you're having fun. But the truth is, like, I'm getting to write about the things I want to write about, and that's what I write about that day. And I, so I think it comes off that way. Like, I'm really enjoying myself. It does. It does come off that does way. Does it? That's the feedback am that I, you're getting. Yeah, but, is, but, are, but are you seeing that? Am I more joyful to be around? <laughs> I think you are. Am I having more fun? Somebody yeah. tell me. I think you are having more fun. I'm really distracted because I'm sitting – like seven feet away from this Heisman Trophy yeah. that once belonged to Terry Baker. That's it. It still belongs to Terry Baker. It still Baker. belongs to Terry no, Baker. No, you can't take a Heisman away from someone except if it's Reggie Bush. That's true. Okay. Right, right. And I, I didn't even know as it was being walked in today by the folks with the Oregon Historical Society. No, the it's the Oregon Sports, Sports Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah. That Close. That I didn't even know it was the real Heisman. That's how dumb I am. They had to tell me, like, hey, this is the real thing. And now I'm just standing in awe of it because it's in a case now. There's a picture of, you know, Terry Baker in the cover of Sports Illustrated, and there's a plaque explaining. It's just so – I'm I'm really – Did you shock. see that I that I kidnapped it for a while? I did. Yeah. I, I had – Judah, you're going to love this. <laughs> So the Oregon Sports Hall of Fame people brought the Heisman over, and they said, hey, we want to display it over here where you're broadcasting from. And I said, that's great. And they had it on this this kind of uh, this little, what was it, like a cart? Like a wheeled cart. Like yeah. a cart that had yeah. wheels on it. Yeah. And so then they turned their backs, and they walked away. <laughs> I took the trophy, and I took it on a lap around the building on that wheeled cart. And as I walked around, all the workers that were here, like there was like, at the time, there was probably about 100 people working in the building. Yeah. There might still be 100 people in the building. And 
everybody, they all stopped what they were doing when I came by, and they all wanted to pose for pictures with it. They were like, can I get a picture with it? Can I get a picture with it? It's like, they're, they're like, they go, is that what I think it is? And I go, yep. Everybody knows what the Heisman Trophy is. Well, and there's going to be heavy security here throughout, you know, the next few days and through the weekend because this thing's going to be watched like a hawk. You Along afraid? With the, Are you afraid somebody's going to nab it? It's is not going to happen. This is such the Anna comment right there. I'm just saying. Yeah, because you want people, you don't want that, some thieving mind who's listening yeah. to the show to be yeah. like, oh, I could get to the trophy. Yeah. yeah. Don't get any squirrely ideas because you're going to get yeah. tackled on your way in if you try to take uh, this. I, I, I did notice that they've got great security here. I yeah. feel like. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Baltimore. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but. If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.